0: Welcome back to the official Atari Games podcast. This is a fun one. I am joined by Larry Cooperman, Director of Business Development at Night Dive Studios. Larry, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jason. Thanks for thanks a lot for the warm greeting. Absolutely.
0: So before we get in, this is going to be a lot about Night Dive, and it's really going to be a lot about Larry, but we got to do some rigmarole first, a little bit of housekeeping. This is going to drop, I think I said on the last podcast, we're going to talk about Quamp 2 Uh, with graphite that's actually been bumped so we're going to talk about that closer to the release in the next episode um and then so but in the moment you could still wishlist list Quop 2 and you should also wishlist lunar land or beyond uh both of those coming soon and join the discord uh the official atari discord all those links are down in the description and i usually say this at the end but let me say this up front if you're listening if you're back if you like this uh Feel free to review us please on uh, podcast services that really helps out the algorithms. So thank you for that. If you've done it, and we'd appreciate it if you do it now let's shift gears. That was like the speediest run through ever. Um, Larry you're with night dive. Atari has acquired night dive last year. I got the news yep. when I was walking down the streets of San Francisco at GDC and I said, wow, I think some profanity was said, but I don't want to censor myself. That's just more work in post production. What have you been up to since then?
1: Well, it's uh, it's been a, a a pretty great year. Um, it's really funny when uh, when the news came out. And again, uh, the the deal was actually finalized at GEC last year. Um, in fact, bit of trivia for you: um, there's always you know some papers that need to be signed. Um, the the last papers that that actually made the deal binding and official. Um, you can't go back after that. We're actually signed in my hotel room at uh, GDC by uh, Stephen Kick and myself. Um, and then a, a funny story um, after you after you do that, you you know you've you've kind of crossed the Rubicon. You, you know it's all final. But then you get a, a notice that because Atari is a publicly traded company, and because there are rules governing that, you can't say anything until there's been an official announcement. Um, but there they there was no timetable that that let us know when that official announcement would actually take place um so we went on about our our gdc business that day and we were um we were at pc gamers party when the news broke when my phone started blowing up um I was with, with some of the journalists that we've we've worked with in the past and, that, and people that I, I regard as, as, as uh, friends, um, Evan Lottie, editor there, um, Tyler, and uh, Wes Fenlin. Um, we, we were standing around talking when my phone blew up. And, and I never look at my phone, but it, it just kept on going and until I pulled it out and I found that the story had been published on on Yahoo Finance, that it was now official, that that announcement had been made, and it was now public public knowledge. And uh, must have been something in my face after I looked at my phone because when, when I looked up, everyone was looking at me, and uh, I just turned my phone around to the three journalists and I said, "Well, I know what story you're writing as soon as we leave." Uh, um, so that was that was how that 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 happened. Um, funny thing uh, about last year, uh, a lot of our fans and, and Night Dive is very fortunate. We have a very a very loyal um, fan base. A lot of our fans were were concerned um that we we weren't going to be doing any more you know cool retro games that that are uh, that that are night dives stock and trade Um, uh, you know people have have referred to us as uh as the masters of the remaster and and all that we did um in the remaining nine months of of uh, 2023 was release uh uh system shock uh remake uh quake 2 rise of the triad limited edition and uh and then finish the year off strong with Turok 3 and the and the Turok bundle. Um so no things were not gonna change, uh at least not not the concerns that that fans had. Um 2023 was uh was was an epic year for us. Um excuse me, shouldn't use the word epic. I don't want to start any rumors. Um
0: lower KC. Lower KC.
1: Low, lower KC. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all
0: good.
1: And uh, and and twenty twenty four looks to be um, looks to be a, a pretty good year. Also, um, next month, uh, I guess fans will already know about this, but next month, um, we're really excited for the release of of Star Wars: Dark Forces.
0: That's right. Just so go wish list that. Absolutely. Any, anything else you want to talk about for twenty twenty four? Is that all hush hush at this point?
1: Um, it's it's all hush hush. Um, we have a a very full slate of games um, if everything goes off as planned. Um, we will have we will have five releases. Um, we're also working very closely with our our publisher and our, our partner um, with PlayOn on the release of the console builds of uh, of System Shock Two Remake. Um, those will be out soon, tm and um, and fans will be excited. I think with with not only um, the quality of of the work. Um, but also some of the new content that they will see for the first time.
0: Very cool. So if uh, for people who've been listening to the podcast about, I don't know, maybe maybe a few months ago at this point, I did a one-on-one with Ethan Stearns, our VP of Games, and basically the the core of the episode was just me throwing out five random questions, some gaming-related, some not- Gaming related, and I'm going to do the same thing with Larry here. I got five questions that we're going to go through, but before we get into it, this doesn't count, okay? So this is like the bonus preamble question, so we could tee this up. Larry, tell me about yourself and what you do at Night Um
1: So as as you mentioned, I'm uh, I'm head of uh, business development. Um, I work with all of our external partners. Um, I like to say that that uh, I don't make the games. I make the deals that make the games. Um, we also, I also, you know, part of my job is also to work with, the the platforms. Um, and then because we're still a, a small company, um, I am still very much involved with the, uh, the actual development of the titles really in a, I describe my role as being the facilitator. Um, if, if someone needs something, either, either hardware or software, um, I'm, I'm the kind of go-to guy that will, uh, that will take care of that for them.
0: Very cool. Well, with that, why don't we jump into the first question?
1: I'm afraid, but, but go
0: ahead. Don't be afraid. There's nothing, there's nothing to be afraid of with these questions. They're meant to be fun. They're meant to spur conversation. And I hope uh, they'll create some interesting results here. So if we're familiar with the hero's journey, right? Yes. The hero's journey always starts with the inciting incident. So I want to know, what was the inciting incident? That led to your video game career.
1: Um, I can I can tell you I can tell you the the exact moment. Um, so I had used computers um, at at work uh, through the uh, you know, beginning in the in the 1980s. I, I know 40 years that, that I've been doing this. Um, when I uh, when it, my, the first the first work computer that that I used, I'd, I'd get into work early, and I would put in the DOS boot disk because you had to cold boot the computer to get the operating system running. Um, that was back in, in the early days. And then, um, then in 1990 or 91, um, I bought my, uh, my first, um, my, my first computer, my first personal computer. Actually, that's not true. My, my first computing device that I owned at home was, was a Commodore 64, um, which, uh, I, uh, I tricked out with, with all the, all, all the peripherals, um, had a a dot matrix printer and um, I had a, uh, a blazing fast Hess data modem um, 300 board. You could, um, you could see the words that mean
0: things. You you could,
1: you could see text as long as it was black on a white background. Um, But, but that was really pretty cool. Um, uh, I used that I was I was living in New York at the time um, something that that as a New Yorker you'll kind of uh, get to so I, I lived in um, in the North Bronx then and my school was uh, City University was uh, was Bernard M Baruch on, uh, on 23rd Street um, this is only for the New Yorkers in the audience but we used to call it uh, UCLA it was uh, the university on the corner of Lexington Avenue UCLA um, and the, the really cool thing about my uh, computer stuff and my and my this fancy modem was that I could um, I could I could connect to the computer at school, do my programming. And back in those days, you printed out everything on green bar paper. And I, I would do the print command, and then 24 hours later, when I went down to school, it would be there waiting for me, which was a whole lot better than schlepping from the North Bronx down to Lower Manhattan. But, um, but so I, 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 um, I had that Commodore 64, and then I, I moved up to uh, a real machine, a, uh, a powerhouse. It was a uh, brand new 486-66 with, uh, with the, the upgraded memory. It had two megs of RAM. No, I did not misspeak. There were two one megabyte um, memory chips in there. And and it had no discrete video card or um, CD-ROM because those weren't uh, quite invented yet. But um, one of the games that that I played was uh, was Wolfenstein 3D.
0: Yes,
1: and um, there was a, a moment when I physically realized um, that 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 was my hand holding the gun in in the screen, and um, and that was the moment that I said. Well, wow, these video games are kind of cool.
0: That's, that's awesome that there was Wolfenstein of all of the games that could have been. I, uh, that was the one.
1: I, I got to work, you know, it's, it's, it's known that we've, uh, we've, we've had uh, a number of projects working with Bethesda, with ZeniMax, um, now part of Microsoft. Um, I actually got to work with, uh, with the one and only Kevin Cloud, and I believe that he was the hand model for that game.
0: That's awesome. That's pretty cool that trajectory to go from working to like being inspired by the original first person shooter. And now a yeah. lot of your bread and butter is like those first person shooters. But we'll we'll get back to that in a in a future question.
1: But that was, uh, you know, that was my uh, that was my epiphany. That was when I said, you know, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: You know, you mentioned you're from New York. Um I actually changed on the fly the question I was going to ask here. Um, not game related. Like I said, they're not all game related. How many places have you lived in? How many different cities have you lived in and how would you rank them?
1: So, um, how, and you could elaborate as much as you'd like. Sure. So I, um, I originally come from the Bronx. Um, you know, the Bronx, it's the only part of New York that's actually attached to the rest of America. Um, I, uh, I, I grew up there, um, I'm uh I make no no bones about my age. Um I lived there um I lived there before they built co-op city over what used to be Freedom Land. Just saying. And and before it was Freedom Land, it was a landfill. And one might say about Co-op City, it's the only time in the history of the world that uh that that somebody has done a project that ruined a landfill. Um but so I so I I lived in New York. Um I lived for a long time in um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, but uh, my journey was not quite linear after we moved from New York to Ann Arbor. I ended up moving back um, and lived in uh, Mayapack, New York, and uh, then in Boundbrook, uh, New Jersey for a little while. Um, neither of those would would rate as my uh, as my favorite places I, I refer to the time that I lived in New Jersey as the dark Times which just goes to show my prejudice as a New Yorker that's New Jersey um, yeah <laughs> and um, and uh, after after uh living in Ann Arbor for for a number of years living in Michigan I um, I came to the decision that I'd had enough snow in my life so I, I moved out to Las Vegas and I've been out here for um for about five and a half years. And I really enjoyed the, the life out in Vegas. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, just like, you know, New Yorkers never do any of the tourist things, you know, um, uh, I, I hardly ever go to the strip except, you know, when I'm, when I'm either, either for shows like dice coming up next month or, um, or, or when I have friends from out of town that, that haven't seen, haven't seen the strip. Um, but, uh, you know, mostly I, I hang out in the Henderson area and the, the idea that, you know, just having endless and en- endless alternatives of where to eat, what kind of food, um, you know, it, it reminds me very much of New York in that in that aspect. Um, so,
0: yeah, it is. It is an underrated culinary town like Lotus of Siam is like one of the best Thai Restaurants
1: and and that's that's part <laughs> of the uh, that's part of of the you know Las Vegas Chinatown um, area, which again you know if you only come to the Strip you'll you'll never see the things that also brought me you know that that, that also persuaded me was um, I really enjoy um, r- Red Rocks out here and uh, and and you know everybody should see Valley of Fire at least once.
0: Yeah, cool. You know, there's there's a couple of places you know, you talk, you throw a little shade towards the strip, but there are, I've been making this case that there are few places in the world that gather the best of stuff from around the world. And Vegas is one of those places. New York is one of those places. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd argue Tokyo is one of those places. Um, Dubai, oddly enough, is also one of those places, but Vegas is undeniably one of those places where all of a where, sudden where, you where, have this hankery for something, you can get it.
1: Where, where else, where else can you can you can you see both the Empire State Building and uh, the Eiffel Tower walking distance from each other? Exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah. A, no. No. And, and 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 no. That's that. There's a great, but and and it, it's not to to dissuade anybody from from the stuff on the strip. It's just that there is more to Vegas than just oh, absolutely. The strip. Yeah.
0: Now, would you believe it that, you know, you said you left, you left Michigan to get away from the snow. I've been to Vegas. The first time I went to Vegas was for CES in, I want to say 2011. And I had the flu. It snowed. And I stayed at the original Sahara. (laughs)
1: So, so when I drove from Michigan to Las Vegas, you know, coming from Michigan, of course, I was driving a Subaru. Of course, I was driving a four wheel drive, you know, car. And, um, and the first winter that I was here, um, we had, um, a a Las Vegas snowfall around an inch of snow. Um, first of all, watching all the kids that were trying to, um, to ride on the sleds that their parents had bought them was, was really funny. Um, but the uh, the other thing was, um, I, I took a picture of um, these four snowflakes on on the rear window of my Subaru, and sent it back to my family in Michigan, where it was a balmy negative seventeen degrees, um, with a note that said, "It snowed here. We will rebuild."
0: <laughs> I like that. All right, let's get let's get back to talking about some games here. Sure. Um, recently. Steam officially added the Boomer shooter tag. Yep. And I want to know what do you think of the term
1: boomer shooter? I, I think it's fine. And I think I think um, you know it's it's funny. Um, that day I was when we did rise of the Triad, the ludicrous edition, um, that was in, in partnership with our friends. and, and I, I don't use that word lightly with with the team over at New Blood. And, um, and, and the good folks over at, uh, at Apogee Games. And so I was, actually, I was actually talking. The first time that I heard that Steam had done that, it was Dave Oshry that, that, that said, that, that let us know about that. And I think we all agreed. Um, if it makes the games easier to find, and again, I, I don't know how many people in the audience are familiar with, I mean, truly, truly the, the boomer shooter guys that reinventing it over at New Blood. Um, oh, yeah. How many people have have you know played played some of their titles, you know, especially Dusk? Oh but, yeah, um, you haven't played Dusk. Yeah. yeah, what are you doing? E- exactly. Um, but you know, if, if if it makes it easier, if those things um, bubble up, that's fine. And uh, as 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 a true boomer, um, you know, I don't find anything offensive about the title. Sure, it's the uh, it's it's the games that uh, you know there was nothing like that before we came along, so so we invented it,
0: right. I guess it's a good way to uh you know to differentiate. You know what you're looking for. You know yeah. what the expectations are. Like I'm playing games, I didn't realize the term was even a thing until let's see, I played Dusk, then I played Proteus, and then I was played then I played Ion Fury. So kind of like bounced around all over the place like hitting all these great games like man, I just love this this retro style and it's like yeah. cool to put this in a specific bucket where it has like that kind of grit. How would you how would you define it? How would you define a boomer shooter?
1: You know, I think I think you use the I think you use the real. Or first of all, it it, it has to have that that retro look and feel. Um, you know, it, it you can have the same mechanics, but if the game looks like you know like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, there's probably not a boomer shooter, right? It's got to have that that kind of grittiness that 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 pixelized art style. Um, that that's the first part about it. The second part about it, I, I think, is that those games really focus heavily on the mechanics. It's not just what you do, but how you do it. And I, I think that that's what what makes those games so special. Yeah, totally.
0: I love them. I think I think they're great. Bring them on. Um, I, I have so many in the wish list right now. You know, you mentioned New Blood. I think the game I played the most on my Quest Three has been uh, a medieval VR. Uh yeah and that that's just so cool even
1: at that speed in VR it's it's awesome it absolutely fun. and and you know we're not we're not quite there with VR yet although although we're getting closer um but i think that i think that when when VR you know when VR really hits that right balance between performance and price um um i think i think that you're going to see a resurgence of of those games be, because they're just so much fun
0: yeah. And and you're like kind of limiting the controls. You know, one of my fear by moving that to VR was it's too fast. It'd be throwing up all over the place. And they play with elevators and any sort of movement where you like move up and down. Yeah. But however they did it, they pulled it off well or I didn't get motion sickness. I felt great and it just worked without a hitch. And the other good thing about those games, because they have that retro vibe to it, they're not as graphically intensive Abs- absolutely. as other games. So they don't yep. need it. It's it's very cool.
1: That that that's 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 absolutely true, and and the the technology hurdles, it's low. The the bar is set very low on that. I mean, you can do a great representation of 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 what those games look and feel like without having the highest level of graphical fidelity.
0: Do you put a now if you're going to call it boomer shooter, boomer related to the the era? What is the cutoff year then? Like okay, let me let me give you a perfect example, right? You have, um, I, I mentioned Ion uh, Fury. Yep. And that, and then the sequel that they're releasing is Phantom Fury, which very much feels like a game out of the early 2000s. Is that technically a boomer shooter?
1: I um, I think it can be. And, and, and uh, let me just also say, I don't think that boomer shooter is limited by dates. I think boomer shooter is more of a stylistic approach. Sure.
0: Totally. Fair. Well, we can leave it there then. All right, let's get to this next question. I'm kind of curious about this one. I can't go a podcast without talking about food. Um, I, I still want a run amok maple to uh, give me some free product, even though I don't do sponsorships on this. Um, but it never hurts to ask. Go ahead. Ex- exactly. Totally. Send me the sparkly syrup. Um, look back two episodes to the mailbag for that. Um, you and me, we have a commonality in that we both have, uh, uh, we are both Jewish. And, I want to know from you what is the best and what is the worst Jewish. I'll put that in quotes. Food.
1: Um, so, so I'm I'm pretty open in my in my diet. Uh, let me say that. Let me say that that um, some of the best deli that I've had ever has been outside of New York. And 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 as somebody that grew up in the Bronx and you know made pilgrimage to Katz's. Um or 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 the Second Avenue Deli, Um, you know, I I, I know that, that sounds um th- that, that sounds very, very um edgy and uh um you know controversial. But um, you know, when I moved out to Ann Arbor, famous restaurant Ann Arbor, Zingerman's, you know, known for their, their corned beef, their pastrami, their sandwiches that are that are bigger than your head. Um while that's great, the one thing that I have never found Outside of New York, um, that that has lived up to the quality of what I remember from New York, was was New York style deli knishes, the square ones, not the really authentic roundish ones, but the square ones. I just never been able to to get that taste. Why is it so good? It, I'm not sure it was so good, but but um, uh, it brings back the memory of 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 one's childhood. You know, that's that's what it it, it does for me. Um, the taste of nostalgia it's the taste of nostalgia
0: right and, i make the I make, I make the joke that like you walk into Katz's and it's so dirty it feels grimy but that grime is part of the flavor
1: absolutely um if they clean that place one time so well, forget it both, both figuratively and literally but yeah. so so while it, while a kanish might be on the top of the on the top of the list um there there are things that i've uh, i've never been able to quite um Wrap my head. I've i I've, I've never been a, a big borscht fan, but um, more than more than borscht, my my mom used to used to drink used to have shav, which is also a cold soup. Um, it it is green with pieces floating in it, and um, I, pieces I, of borscht. I I, I I don't know what it is. Pieces oh, just pieces of. of things, matter, but, physical but, matter. But, <laughs> but but Jason, it's it's the kind of food that. Um, Looks the same going down as it would coming back up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't know how to put it. Newer. And, and and while it might be the most delicious thing in the world, mm. I've never gotten past the look to actually try it. So so um, that that was that that was that. Um, yeah. But but other than that, I mean, I'm I'm pretty eclectic with you know with 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 taste. If it doesn't run away from me, I'll probably try to eat it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've never really had the taste. No, the, the deli. Yeah. That's, that's top tier. That's the best. Um, as far as the worst, I'd say anything on a Seder plate, like that's not, there's a reason why you only eat that one time a year. Yeah. I mean, that goes for most of the holidays. Like no one's ever going around be like, you know, we could use some parsley. Let's just get some parsley.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you've, you've ever heard this, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one that we tell a lot. Um, all Jewish holidays follow the same format. They tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. Yeah, (laughs) it's true.
0: It's true. I do. I do make the comment that anytime somebody says happy blank, I'm like, there's no happy holidays. They're all depressing. If you look at it, it's like, yeah, we were sieged and now we're celebrating the little bit of light that lasted eight days. Let's not talk about our ransacked
1: synagogue. (laughs) Find the little spot of sunshine.
0: Yeah. Um, this is also not like a negative. It, it's not that I don't like it, but um, I do hold some animosity for my family and um, for like presenting to me what brisket is and not and like not exposing what really is the best food of all time, which is southern style slow cooked barbecue brisket
1: so so back in the days um before he was he was creepy and um and back when he was he was still funny in uh in one of woody allen's earliest movies he talks about his childhood and about how his mother would run the chicken through the deflavorizing machine (laughs) i always i always like that one (laughs) (laughs) it's something that i could relate to you know it's funny um it's certainly not unique with me. Um, you know, I've, I've been cooking since since I was I was I was a teenager, um, and um, when when people ask me, you know, why I learned to cook, it, it wasn't so much passion; it was it was self defense. So, how do you figure? Oh, well, you know, you know how they talk about Louisiana and and panned blackened foods. Yeah, my mom invented that way before.
0: Oh. this has got to be like a a jewish mother thing because it's like the more burnt the better (laughs) that's right uh, with my family it's insane it's like she'd make these oven potatoes and if they weren't like black on top forget it and i was like oh i'll take the pieces that look like (laughs) potatoes thank you that that sounds more up my alley. thank you very much all right here we go my last question on the list here um Was there a golden age for games or are we in it now or are we not there yet?
1: You know, I, um, I, I was on an interview, um, back at the, at the tail end of last year. And, um, when I was asked to summarize the state of the the game industry, I said, um, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Um, we are producing some amazing games. Um, you know, uh, you have to feel sorry for, for the poor guys that, uh, that, that thought they had all the awards locked up and then Baldur's Gate 3 came out. Um, I mean, we, yes, last year was just a, um, a, a wonderful year for games all around. Again, um, very proud. We won a number of, of honors for the System Shock remake. Um, you know, really had an outstanding reception for that, um, but then we look around at the rest of the at the rest of the industry, and um, what seven eight thousand people lost their jobs, um, and and uh, it hasn't stopped. I mean, we're 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 heading up to close to four thousand people laid off in twenty twenty four, and we're not done with January yet. Um, so so that's that's really concerning. Um, uh, and 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 I I've said um, I. I my comment about that was um, was it, it's going to impact the business because because people aren't going to want to become game developers. They're not going to want to become game artists uh, be, be, because it, there's just no no stability to it. Um, now, having said that, um, Night Dive has has done has done pretty well. Um, one of the one of the many things I and. Mean, not an answer to your question, but you know these things. Um, working with Atari, being part of Atari, has given us um, infrastructure that, that we did not have before, access to accounting, to legal, to administrative. Um, we now have a human resources person that, 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 that our team members can talk to. Um, and, and they're accessible. I mean, it's, we're at that, that kind of sweet spot where where the atari organization now with with our sister company digital eclipse that we're um that we're big enough to have resources but small enough that um that that everybody on board has met the c e o um uh um you know so we're we're in a golden golden uh, good stage there but um but i'm really worried about our about our industry that said um you know i i have uh, I have friends with have friendships with with many of the the really venerable people um, you know in our business. I, I, I've been privileged enough to work with um, Paul Murath and 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 the great the legendary War Inspector, and uh, you know we're we're tied together through the thread of of System Shock as as well as other things. But um, you know you stop and you look and say, well, well Looking Glass Studios made System Shock One, and System Shock Two, and then went out of business. Um, so so, you know, things have always been have always been this way. Uh, somebody said and it was it was said, you know, humorously tongue in cheek that that, um, that that anytime you take a job and um, and, and the first thing that they uh, they start telling you is that uh, we're all very passionate here. Um, the author the author of the, the meme said uh, you know there's gonna be some human rights abuses coming down the road and you know many of us um the same position in in a akin industry would would pay more would have better benefits and would have greater stability so we're all here for the love of games and at a certain point um that just doesn't pay your rent so that that's a long answer. I, I do, um, I do, I do worry about the state of the, of, of the industry as a whole, but man, we are producing some, some wonderful games.
0: Yeah. So do you think there was ever like a, was there a better time that, that kind of hit a more balance of
1: stability
0: with quality? Um,
1: we, we, we all did pretty well during COVID when, uh, when, when when money was loose and uh, and and everybody was staying home and playing video games, um, you know I'm I'm not hoping for another pandemic to to to, uh, to right the ship, but um, no, you know I I think I think I think everything goes in, in cycles. Um, let me let me say this, uh, you know at, at heart I, I am a capitalist. Otherwise I, I wouldn't be doing business development. Um, anytime we look at we look at companies that um that are forced into into layoffs that that have to do that you know any anytime 500 a 1000 people lose their job at a company you have to remember that that company was the same company that gave them the jobs in the first place that maybe they were too aggressive in hiring up uh, you know maybe the the 6 months or a year that you worked for for one of those companies was just a windfall for you um so I don't know. I I I don't think I I think I think that we go through cycles. I think that those cycles tend to repeat that there's always booms and busts in in every industry and we're just going through a tough time now. Yeah. True. All right. Well, thanks for that.
0: Um well, that was it. That was that was the end of my five questions. Um Hopefully there was no uh, nothing too troublesome in there.
1: No, those yeah. those were a lot of fun, and 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 yeah. uh, and they really did make me think, um, especially about about uh, about foods. Except except now I'm hungry, but I'm sorry. Well, don't but, worry, we'll get you we'll I, get you out I, of here I, soon enough. But I can push through.
0: <laughs> Great. Um. All right. Well, this this also doesn't count as a question. This is just how we usually end uh, these podcasts, which is uh, going through what we're playing. So, Larry, what are you what are you playing?
1: So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna reveal a, a secret um, for 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 a guy that makes a. a makes his living off of off of retro games when when i get done with my day uh if you if you want to know what my my secret playing vice is it's zen pinball um i have been um i've been working with those guys known those guys for a long time and um, it takes me back to my youth um, i don't want to say it's an addiction for me um but i do own 120 of their tables so maybe it is um, well, you're a collector you're a collector that's not an addiction you're you're a collector
0: it's a different uh,
1: thing. it's completely different um there's a there's a fine line between those two jason um but uh but that's that's my that's my go to and and the reason that that i enjoyed so much first of all they have a number of of um, of, of game themed pinball games Um, so, so I'm, I'm not that far away from things that I love, but, um, it is just pure escape for me. Um, I don't have to think about what I'm doing. I just have to hit that little silver ball. And again, it it takes me back to my youth. It takes me back to, um, the, the games that, that I played when I, when I wore a younger man's clothes.
0: Do you have a, do you have a favorite pinball table? Like physical table?
1: Uh, um. Yes. And no. Um, I have, I have several in there in the, in the physical. System. So one other thing about, about Las Vegas, um, I'm waiting. Yes. I was going to Sol- say it. If you Sol- didn't say it, I was going to say it. Yeah. The home of the, of the pinball hall of fame. Oh, so um, cool. So, so cool. um, um, I've, I've always been, a, I've always been a fan of, uh, of, of, of the medieval game, um, with the pop-up trolls. That's, that's, that's been, it's a, it was a midway title, I believe. And, and, uh, that that's always been one that that's just been a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. Also, shout out to uh, Kirby's Pinball on the Game Boy because that ah oh, man, that's a that's a great pinball game. That's so good. You know, that fights? brings
1: up, that brings up the whole thing about about mashups and some of the unlikely ones that you you wouldn't think of. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right. As as for myself, um, you know, I always play a lot of games. This is like two games ago, but I but I felt like it was apt for this discussion because I honestly feel like this is a game that Night Dive will inevitably remaster in 20 years, and that is Evil West by Flying Wild Hog. Are you familiar?
1: Absolutely. Uh, we were we were just talking about it the other day. In fact, oh, you know, really? At a, at a uh, at doing some comparisons, and that was one of the titles that came up. Okay, so I think, you know, as we talk about this and we share common interests
0: and talk about boomer shooters, there is a, I think, one of the nostalgia points of that i have is i like a game that's just like no frills that i could jump into and play right and i don't need a like i i love a good assassin's creed game like i love that kind of ubisoft open world game cool love that not always what i'm looking for sometimes i just want something dumb dumb go forward go forward and oh there's a crate punch the crate now go forward again like give me
1: that so so let me just push back and say it's it's not dumb. And one of the things Fair that enough. that I learned I learned, you know, in, in the time approaching a decade of of doing these retro titles is that what was fun back then will be fun now. Yeah, the audience has changed. The fun part of games hasn't. And right. and there's there's nothing quite like, you know, like immersing yourself in something that the whole point is you don't have to think about. Exactly. And that's and I think lack of thought is
0: inherently not smart, which in that case is dumb, but it's dumb fun. And I, you're right. I shouldn't use the derogatory term because I I played through this game from beginning to end, and I wouldn't have done it if I didn't like it. There is so much content out there that just the completion of a game is a compliment in and of itself. Uh, and I absolutely. completed this game, and I loved it. It was just no frills, straightforward, always giving you new stuff. I love what uh, Fly and Wild Hog has done with the... Um, Shadow Warrior series. I played all three of those. They were a blast. And this game was awesome. I actually thought it was going to be another shooter. And then I go in, I'm like, oh, this is more of a beat-em-up brawler. This is kind of their take on, almost like, what if we made a God of War, like a new God of War light? Yeah, And I dug it. And the fact that it's just like, hey, your level's done. Oh, cool. I could get up and leave. (laughs) I like that. I like games with levels. Shout out to Lunar Lander. Shout out to Qwomp 2. I like games with levels. And this did it. It looked great. Um, I love the style, like the mashup of the Old West with the vampires and all these other things. I like that Abe Lincoln is in this game just because he's in (laughs) a photograph. That was wild. Yeah. Evil West. I recommend it. Um, It's on PlayStation Plus. That's where I played it. But it's been on my radar for a while. There was a little bit of a window. And yeah, I do. I do recommend that. (laughs) So that was some good stuff. Um, Yeah. Shout out to Flying Wild Hog. And that's it. We are officially at the end. Yeah, hey, uh, as,
1: as we uh, as as we bid everybody do, I just want to say this is uh, my first time as a guest. Hopefully, not not the last. But uh, not. but thank you very much for for um, for hosting this. And you know, it's really important for for people in our audience to know that um, that that the relationship between Night Dive, Atari, and Digital Eclipse um, is one of of fun of camaraderie, and uh, I don't believe that we have had a, a single meeting that that somebody hasn't said something funny or there hasn't been something that we've all enjoyed laughing together and that we we all enjoy each other's company.
0: It's mostly Larry. I mean, La- Larry's really the one who's the uh, who's inciting that. You wanna you wanna give us a, a quick a quick one?
1: Um, you know, I uh, I I promised that I would I would uh, would keep this one clean. So, okay. um, and, and I don't know any clean jokes because I don't think there are any. Okay,
0: fair enough. Um, and yes, um, I, I completely echo that. Uh, Mike Mika was just here in the office last week. He won't escape this. He won't escape me long enough. Uh, we, will, we will get him on eventually. Larry, you'll definitely be back. Got some more of the Night Dive team on, maybe talk about one of the upcoming projects. Uh, that'll be great. And yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Um, where can people find you if they're searching for you?
1: Nightdive, uh, www.nightdivestudios.com. And, um, you can always find me on Twitter under, uh, Larry Nightdive.
0: Cool. And, uh, that'll be linked in the description below as well. You can find me on Twitter at Jays of Doom. Uh, please continue to give us feedback, uh, comments. I read them on YouTube. Uh, you could also post in the discord. Again, that link is in the uh, description below. Uh, Please can submit questions, anything you have. If you have ideas for the podcast, happy to hear those as well. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers.